Rapper and songwriter Lil Peep rose from popular SoundCloud artist to emo icon, living and dying in the glare of the social media spotlight. He became a voice for youthful outcasts everywhere with songs about anxiety and depression. He also sang about drugs, which would ultimately cut short his meteoric rise almost as soon as it began. That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Governor. Gardner. <laughs> Mariska Hargate to you. <laughs> Very Mariska Hargate to you. Are we throwing out Love Guru references? That will be the only one. Okay. Yeah. I sent you guys the picture of Mariska Hargate's uh, spot on the Hollywood Boulevard last night. Oh, yeah. That, that's what sparked <laughs> that. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That, uh, you took the pilgrimage down to her uh, star. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hallowed ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was right outside of a weed shop. Yeah, of course. <laughs> With a homeless guy pissing next door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on, everybody? My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And we're back, baby. Sorry for the one-week hiatus, but uh, things were going down. Shit happened, okay? <laughs> a lot happened, and we're not going to tell you about it. Nope. <laughs> Shit happens when you party naked. You're yeah, goddamn right it that's does. right. So, yeah, this week, Lil Peep. Alejandro is the uh, scholar uh, uh, in the. Um, He's our little peep, uh, yeah, academic resident. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. What yeah. brought you to this little peep thing? I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious. I was on an airplane and I saw the documentary about him. Okay, and oh. it piqued my curiosity oh, there because, you go. first of all, the music was striking to me. Mm. Okay. And this whole underground world that came up around him as yeah. he came to prominence. Uh, very good. So this episode is taking us all the way back to November 15th, 2017. All right. November 15th, 2017. The movies going on at this time number three murder on the orient express with johnny depp i thought that was way after this no because uh, wow. now death on the nile yes. is the current agatha christie adaptation oh same same thing yep. same hercule perot yeah with kenneth branagh uh, in that role oh nice. that looks trash people are making <laughs> fun of it people are making fun of it online is that this is the <laughs> dumbest movie in the world it was delayed forever because of army hammer Oh, oh, they they edited him out of it. <laughs> well, or did he eat someone on set? They couldn't really <laughs> because he was one of the main characters. Oh wow! And after people found out he was a cannibalistic monster, <laughs> yeah. it became oh a God. problem for the studio. Yeah. So did they reshoot it? No. Oh, he's in it. They just yeah, they just <laughs> delayed it enough so, so they that let people... it die down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh wow, that is a. 
disaster. Let it get lost in the news cycle. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, number two, Daddy's Home 2, the classic comedy with Mel Gibson. What? <laughs> <laughs> if they had that in the title, the classic comedy. <laughs> that truly finished Mel Gibson's big comeback. Wow. When he was in a big screen comedy again. Yeah, yeah. people were pissed about that. <laughs> yeah, because he was canceled out of The Hangover Part 2 years yeah. earlier because the cast threw a fit. Like, well, we're not going to appear on screen with Mel Gibson. Galifianakis made a big stink about it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. Broken Asian dude's face just for being Asian? <laughs> Fine. Let's do it. Working with Mel Gibson, that's no big deal compared to that. Yeah. yeah. No shit. <laughs> um, he so only talked about it. He wasn't actually about it. Um, number one movie was Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi. Ooh, I like him. I he has one of my favorite movies of uh the past few years. Which was what? Uh now I can't think of the name. Jojo <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit Jojo yes. Rabbit, yeah. <laughs> Where he played Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little cutesy for my liking. Yeah. Speaking of the Mel Gibson thing, we go right into someone who played Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Gibson did not appear in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> but God did he want to. Yeah, he wanted to be there. Interesting uh, movie though. Yes. Yes. Just too cutesy. <clears throat> yeah, I loved it. I was not a huge fan. It, I understood what they were doing, though. Um, <laughs> so for music, number three on the top of the charts is 1-800-273-8255 by Logic featuring Alessa, Alicia Cara and Khalid. It beat out 8675309, <laughs> Jenny as the highest charting song with a phone number in its title. So that's <laughs> interesting piece of uh, yeah, yeah. trivia for you right there. That sounds like, yeah. a, like a Johnny Carson like joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it's the 8675309 of its day. I actually called that number in high school and started singing it to them, and they were like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but is it? I called eight six seven five three zero nine. What, yeah. what uh, area code? It, it was before. It was right before that. You didn't need the what? area codes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant the other number. Oh no. <laughs> Because this song, it's the suicide hotline. Oh, yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I seriously thought you were <laughs> saying you pranked the suicide hotline. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're telling them to do it? Yeah. They're, they're the hotline. It doesn't make any sense. Apparently, calls did go up, or awareness rose with that number yeah. after the song was released. Yep. So well, that's good. Very yeah, good. Get a look at the bright side of things. Yeah. Um, number two, Bodak Yellow Money Moves by Cardi B. Yes, Cardi I like B. this song. This is my Money only mouth. Cardi B song I have. Money, mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice is Cardi B in the room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this and WAP are the only two Cardi B songs I have. Yeah, I can't say I like the song, but. Oh, that's I where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, <laughs> it's catchy. Um, number one is "Rockstar" by Post Malone, featuring Twenty One Savage. Yup. Feel like a rockstar. <laughs> rockstar. I've never heard such a low energy song. Yeah. About a rockstar. Yeah. Yeah. He. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like. I like Post Malone, but that song's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, also on this day, country singer Blake Shelton was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Wow. 
Now that's a day that will live in infamy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people had a lot of takes on that on, on Twitter, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's no Brad Pitt. No. And I don't even know what what is what is he known for? He's just a weird big Country guy user. with a with a big fucking cowboy hat, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And he, he's a judge on one of the uh, on one of the the games, voice. What the voice or Idols Got Talent or one yeah, of those. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever knockoff bullshit show it yeah. is. Yeah. And he's married to Gwen Stefani now. Yeah. She likes the uh, the lead singers. I guess she was so. with Gavin Rosdale for years. Yeah, that guy was fucking lame, man. <laughs> <laughs> and she switches genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for men, <laughs> like singers. weird British grunge to uh, yeah. <laughs> right over the country. That natural transition. Yep. Two were not aware of Lil Peep. Uh, unfortunately, not. As of right now, I just know what you've told me so far on this podcast. I know nothing about this. Okay. Person. All no. I know is that he's not living anymore because we're yeah. doing this podcast about him. Yeah. Well, whatever that. Well, that was, that was a shocker at the end. And uh, yeah, he's still recovering. <laughs> like, Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> he's been brought back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's been reanimated. He was born Gustav Elijah R. That's a Swedish-American name. Or really? Swedish, I should Gustav. say. Gustav. You should have been Lil Goose. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because his first stage name was Trap Goose. Ah. Very, I'm on to something. Yeah, yeah. very uh, intuitive <laughs> Astute. There. Yeah, astute Kyle. That's it. Rolls off the yeah. tongue. Astute Kyle. Hey, astute Kyle, get over here. That's why they call him astute Kyle. Hit us with your observations or something. <laughs> and we had astute Kyle, and he just said some, some very astute. <laughs> he was born on, oh, Mark, What's guess that? what? What? You share a birthday with him. Really? He was born on November 1st. 1996. All Saints Day. And Day of the Dead. Ah, Dia de los Muertos. That's Dia de los... I thought that was the fifth. No, that's the first. Day after Halloween. Can we check that? Um, Okay. (laughs) Tuesday, November 1st. Okay, never mind. (laughs) I stand corrected. And also the day that Adrian Shelley was murdered. Yeah, that's right. That's another day in in die history here. Yep. And so he was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And his his mom, yikes, his mom was uh, (laughs) American. She's a first grade teacher named Liza Womack. And then his father was Swedish. Is there a big Swedish community in Allentown? (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Just with them. (laughs) And his name is Carl R. A-H-R. R. R. Like R. Matey. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a college professor. So, academic family. Wow. His parents, both Harvard graduates. Really? Wow. Yes. And although born in Pennsylvania, he got out and was raised in Long Island, New York. Long Island. That's kind of like a lateral move, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a slight improvement. Yeah, like he survived and then went to Long Island. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to, you know, brag about. Yeah. (laughs) He had um, Swedish citizenship. Because if one of your parents is from Europe or yep. something, you can get double nationality, mm-hmm. which is what I got with Chile, for example. Oh, nice. 
not to brag. Mm-hmm. And Sounds so, like it. <laughs> his nickname was Gus. Gus. He also had another nickname, which his mom gave him. So when he was little, the family had some chickens and they hatched some chicks eventually. His mom said he was so cute, small and blonde, like a little yellow chick. So then she started calling Gus Peep. Oh, wow. But the mom should have said little, not little. (laughs) Well, it's like the Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cleaner. take out the the. (laughs) It's cleaner. He added a lil. Okay. Because that's what you got to do in rap. Yeah, it's little. It's the little stuff. Yeah. There's a lot it's of lils. Lil, big or young. It's the little stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Lil Bow Wow. Yep. And then he was just Bow Wow. Yeah. Big I wonder, pun. Oh yeah. Then he was just pun. <laughs> then he was just not living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Lil Peep would have eventually just become Peep. Could be. We'll never know. Could yeah. Could have got uh, a branding deal with the um, the Easter candy Peeps. You would have thought maybe that's where the nickname came from. Yeah. But it actually came from a real... A real chick. Chick. (laughs) (laughs) His father, the Swedish professor, was out of the picture early in Peep's life. That seems to be a thing in a lot of these. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, I think DJ AM's dad took off early and Mm -hmm. stuff, and yeah. Doesn't go down so well with the kids. Yeah, the long-term effects are, are, are very much there. And so... Carl and Liza divorced when Peep was 14. Interesting side note, I saw on Reddit, someone said they had Carl as a professor at Hofstra University in Long Island. And they said he was, quote, goofy and amazing. Wow. And full of stories. Once you cut that family loose, you know, you really, really, you know, (laughs) makes you happier. (laughs) Didn't match the experience Peep had. I know. That does happen, though, sometimes where a parent will be awful to their kid, but in public, they're a barrel of laughs, and no one can believe, wait, what? Why are you saying your dad sucked? He's so cool. Once once they get home, they they unleash the monster. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm guessing it was something like that. Yeah. But also, he pretty much disappeared after the divorce. Okay. Luckily, though, Peep was very close with his mom and his maternal grandparents, his grandpa Jack was a leftist Harvard historian, another Harvard guy. And he would write him these letters throughout his life to inspire him. Huh. Quotes like, life is full of surprises. Some of them I know from my experiences are very bad, but some are wonderful. <laughs> I think my grandpa gave me a $5 bill once <laughs> for a belated birthday gift. Yeah. But I never got any wisdom like that. <laughs> yeah, he's not uh, by candlelight writing a letter for me, my, my grandfather, when I was no. younger. Yeah. Come to think of it, I, I don't think I've gotten many letters, period, yeah. in my no. life. No. <laughs> my grandfather just screamed at me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you move? You're in front of the TV. Yeah. So... Peep obviously changed after the divorce. He stopped going to school as often, and he started hanging out with a new group of friends that were up to no good. Yeah, his ex started making trouble in his neighborhood. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Except he didn't get to Bel Air. Yeah, his ex girlfriend says she was dumped right after the divorce. He just was not a happy guy. He hated high school and would throw up some mornings at the idea of having to go in. Yeah. Kids around him started to judge him because he was not exactly an athlete, and he smoked a lot of pot, started getting tattoos. 
And he was hurt when friends told him that their parents wouldn't let him hang out with them anymore. Because he was a bad influence, they thought. Wow. Well, I mean, he should look in the mirror at some point and say, maybe it's me. (laughs) 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 No offense to Little Pete, but, you know, I I, I feel bad for the guy. But he's got all these face tattoos. He's smoking weed 24 hours a day. I mean, not yet. He doesn't have the face tattoo yet. Oh, okay. But he's, he's tatted out and he's doing... Skateboarding fine, but like, you know, I'm sure there was more to it. Yeah, but Long Island is like a traditionally conservative place anyway. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's turning, it's getting like a little rougher around the edges. These yeah. Days. <laughs> I've heard. Because of Lil P. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's his influence on it. His brother Oscar was the complete opposite. He found solace in school. He's also been labeled as autistic. His brother was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, these kids are really, uh, the dad really did a number on him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> his brother is also the one who first introduced Peep to a lot of the music that inspired him, like NoFX. Oh, wow. Yeah, NoFX was a huge influence wow. on Lil Peep. Really? Yes. So, like, some of that, that punk, like, you know, yep. American punk? And the aesthetic of Fat Mike, who dressed androgynously and had colored that Mike, hair. Who's that? The lead, lead singer, singer of No Effects. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was a big No Effects fan as well. Where are you? I, I... He's in a dress. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a plumper David Bowie. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, I never uh, knew much about them. I just knew they were kind of like an American punk band. I never. Yeah, I... and they did a lot of political music. Oh, do they? Like Rock Against Bush and whatnot. Okay. Back in the day, I had a shirt from his label, Fat Records, in high school that had a picture of George W. Bush, and it said, not my president. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was making quite a statement. (laughs) You said it. Peep's bedroom was dark, and it had black curtains. Are you surprised? No. And that's where he started writing music, on a MacBook using GarageBand with a mic he bought from Guitar Center. What is he, following us? Yeah, so we're following him. (laughs) (laughs) And he would basically record anywhere. He would downplay his skills telling friends, oh, I'm just hitting knobs. I don't even know what I'm doing. But it was clear he knew what he was doing because people really dug his music from the very beginning. Hmm. He would sing about girls, his favorite drugs like Xanax, weed, coke, and cheap liquor on ice. (laughs) He would also. Gotta be on ice. Yeah. It's gotta be cheap. (laughs) And it's gotta be liquor. (laughs) He also sang about his depression and anxiety. Another idol of his was Kurt Cobain. Oh, that makes sense. You know that uh, in the Batman. Robert Pattinson based his performance as Bruce Wayne on Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Something I haven't seen way. that movie yet. I, I haven't uh, found a, a, an extra 15 hours in the day to go watch. Take an Adderall <laughs> yeah. before you go. Yeah, it's about a half hour too long, but yeah. it's yeah. good. Absorbing. Gotcha. But you might fall asleep by the end. Yeah, like Kyle did. I sure did. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I had to see it twice. Oh, wow. I fell asleep. <laughs> Sample lyrics from Lil Peep. I'm in love with a ghost girl, all alone in a lonely world. I wrote a letter for you, but you didn't write back. I wish I didn't have the heart to love you. So, emo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he traversed genres. Technically, it's emo style rap and rock. But then it has traces of trap, 
which is a hip hop subgenre. Then also another signature is lo-fi, which has imperfections and a very do-it-yourself aesthetic. Do you have a sample of a song we can listen to? Sure. You can definitely feel the goth in this. Mm-hmm. Money posse. Sounds like it's from the Crow soundtrack or something. Yeah. Big head on the beat. <laughs> All right, I'm in. I can see why the parents didn't want their uh, sons and daughters hanging out with them. <laughs> Switchblades and cocaine. Yeah. All right, I'm in. It's it's catchy. Yeah. And later in the song, the lyrics are like, I'm a loner. I'm bipolar. I got a boner. <laughs> they hit every spot on the teen angst. Yeah. 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 Right. It's a spectrum. Yeah. Everything yeah. that could be going wrong. He got his first tattoo at 15, and he's smart. The tattoo was his mother's initials and her birth date on his forearm. Really? So that she couldn't get too mad. Yeah. Because it's like, ah, your first tattoo is a tribute to me. Hmm. And then he got his first face tattoo a few years later, and it was a broken heart. And he saw the face tattoo as becoming an artist. That's the point of no return. That's the thing that's going to stop you from getting a normal job and yeah. living a normal life. That would be a rationale. Bank t- he's not going to be a bank teller. No, no, he's not going to be CEO of a company. <laughs> and much later, he got the words crybaby above his right eye. And he said it reminded him to be grateful and not be a crybaby with all the crap going on in the world. Mm. Like in Syria, he told a friend. Wow. Really digging deep on those uh, national stories or international stories, if you will. (laughs) He started releasing music on SoundCloud in 2013 with the name Trap Goose, as Kyle predicted. The goose is loose. (laughs) (laughs) Then he changed it to his mother's nickname. Lil Peep. He graduated high school early and then dropped out of community college before moving to Los Angeles. Okay. So he's trying to be a normal kid. It's just not working. Mm. By normal, I mean cookie cutter, go to college and do what you're supposed to do when you become an adult. So in 2015, now in LA, Peep attempted community college again in Pasadena. Before dropping out again. <laughs> He's uh, two up, two down yeah. with, with community colleges. Third time's the charm. Yeah. But he, he never got to that third time. And then he was in and out of homelessness. He would call his mom randomly and say he could only talk for a minute and his card wasn't working and he wasn't sure where he was going to be that night. And then she would be like, peep, peep, slow down. Like, do you have anyone with you that cares about you? Yeah. Oh, my God. And he he would say, yeah, yeah, Lil Tracy's with me. Is that a guy or a girl, Tracy? <laughs> That's a guy. Okay. <laughs> he would always be by Peep's side. So the mom had some comfort there, knowing that he and Lil Tracy were together. Uh, But they were just like living on the streets and stuff? In and out of that, yeah. Okay. Lil Tracy not only became his best friend, but also a frequent collaborator. In 2015, he started releasing mixtapes, Lil Peep Part 1 and Live Forever. And the songs Star Shopping and Beamer Boy became big. Wait, so when when you say these things are going big, like does that mean like they're getting a lot of downloads yes. for free on SoundCloud and he's getting no money from this? 
at this point, no. He's got that, that like it's all free. You just kind of yeah. put your shit out there and people just download it. Like that's how Post Malone started too. Like he just started putting stuff on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. but eventually he got a record deal from that. That's what's going on here. Okay. He started to get millions of streams. I mentioned Beamer Boy, if you want to hear a second of that. Beamer Boy. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> the Beamer Boys. But that's not how it goes. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking schema boy. I'm a dreamer boy. I love a girl that don't even fucking need a boy. Baby, I'm a Beamer boy. I need a Beamer boy. I want a Z3. That's a two-seater boy. Okay, I pull my cash out. Wow, that's, not, that's a pretty catchy song. That's the really bass catchy. in these songs is amazing. Yeah, that's what hit me when I saw this documentary on the plane. Yeah. I was expecting to hate the music. <laughs> yeah. And then it just stuck in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe he was onto something. Yeah. Because I don't usually like emo. No. But I that, love that... emo. <laughs> I like like The Cure, if you're calling that emo. Oh, for sure. They're one of the pioneers. Okay, yeah. but that's not that's Dashboard like Confessional. No, no, no that's tough. Yeah. Oh, you know, all that <laughs> shit. Shut up, dude. I'll never forget Lollapalooza, 2005. I was seeing the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Nice. At Grant Park in Chicago, it was so small that year that you could see the other stage where you were standing. Yeah. And at the other stage was Dashboard Confessional. And so Anton from Brian Jonestown Massacre was like, fuck that guy. He's like, (laughs) right over there. That's the best case I've ever seen for abortion. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah, that guy was a maniac, though. I I watched that documentary about... Dandy Warhols. The Dandy Warhols and uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre. What was the name of that? That was dip or or uh, dig dig yeah yes that was uh, that guy got really fucked up on mm-hmm. drugs well was, documented in that movie well documented insanity yeah all right so where was I so everybody around him sensed that he was going places and they wanted to be near him he would suddenly have like thirty new best friends. And when asked about it, he would say, oh, so-and-so said they'd pay for this or give me that or let me crash with them. Yeah. And a guy named Jay Green, spelled J-G-R-X-X-N, hmm. pronounced Jay Green, he says that he heard the first four bars of one of Peep's songs. And he said, that's it. This guy's got it. So he DM'd Peep and simply wrote, we gonna blow you up. Oh shit! I would take that in a couple of ways. No, but, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> in the SoundCloud world, though, yeah. <laughs> you can assume it's good. Yeah. yeah. In a different accent, it means something completely different. Yes. yes. We will blow you up. We shall blow you up. <laughs> that could be taken the wrong way by some people. <laughs> if it wasn't Jay Green, if it was nine eleven pilot boy. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side too, like if if the FBI DMs me, we're gonna blow you up i'm like oh shit (laughs) i'm on their hit list now dude we're gonna shoot the fuck out of you (laughs) (laughs) wait a second uh, there's no way of taking this in a good way anymore (laughs) bro we're gonna cut your head off (laughs) (laughs) wait a second (laughs) but it's good yeah and then we're gonna murder you and bury you (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna shit down your neck and you're gonna love it Okay, so he ended up joining Schema Posse, which Jay Green was the founder of, the guy that says he's going to blow him up. 
And this is a, a music collective. Okay. I, I thought it was like, you know, they're all getting on horses and, you know, they're a posse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sort of like that, except without the horses. Okay. <laughs> and he started living with them. And then they began performing together. His first show was February 13th, 2016 in Tucson, Arizona. Wow. And when he got out on stage, everybody was going nuts and knew all the lyrics to Beamer Boy. Wow. Everybody knows the lyrics. That's crazy. And it's also crazy, like, he's just uh, just starts doing live shows. Like, some people, like, build up to doing, like, big live performances with a bunch of people like that. Yeah. But he's just kind of, like, trial by fire, just kind of just doing it. Yeah. Later in 2016, he would release the mixtapes Cry Baby, like his tattoo, and Hellboy. And he quickly became known as the new guard of the L.A. underground scene. Eventually, Peep would leave Schema Posse on good terms. And once he left, everyone followed. So he, bring, he brought the whole posse with him. Yeah, basically. yeah. <laughs> Jay Green wasn't too thrilled about that. I can imagine. Now he's getting into another music collective called Goth Boy Click. And that's what they kept singing in that first song we listened to, Switchblades and Cocaine. Goth boy, click, <laughs> make the hoes shake. <laughs> He's into make the hoes shake? Yeah, that's the lyric. Okay. Well, you got to make the hoes shake well, if you're yeah, going to be a rapper. Especially yeah. if you're in the goth boy click. Yeah. <laughs> so this goth boy click, it's filled with all these kids that had just moved to L.A. and they had previously been staying at different Airbnbs different couches, yeah. these like-minded people, and he wanted to bring them up with him. And so him and Lil Tracy joined. So he didn't start this. No. He just joined another clique. Yep, yep. Okay. Members included Fishnark, Coldheart, Smoke-A-Sack, Yawns, <laughs> this sounds like Reddit Young names. Cortex, <laughs> like... Slug Christ, Since When Dre, Wicca, Magnad, and Kill Station. I've never heard of any of those names. <laughs> or like or like Red Red Redemption like login name. Yeah. <laughs> what if you're really Red Dead um, Redemption, sorry. A Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if you're just George? Yeah. <laughs> or Henry. Or I'm David. Or Harold or Herbert. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm um Herbert. Uh where do <laughs> I start join that? your goth boy click? Where do I start uh, the recording? And Could whatnot? you uh, turn me up in the headphones, please? <laughs> I'm, uh, can't hear my snare. <laughs> then Kill Station walks up. Yo, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you square. Yeah, he just shoots for no reason. And they all live together <laughs> in a loft in downtown LA, Skid Row. Oh, God. And one of the members named Nidarb recalls that. They were $500 short, so Peep sold one of his songs called Mud on My Gucci to get the rent. Wow. And so they split Where do you just it. sell that at the pawn shop? You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bring the CD down? So everyone split the rent, and this place became slammed with artists. Three people would sleep on the big red couch. They'd share beds. Other people slept in chairs. And then Peep and the main members had all their shit in their own corners piled up sounds like a beautiful situation going yeah, on they there. would have debaucherous <laughs> parties like nasty yeah there was one bathroom sticky floors everywhere oh my god he said he would use his bed about 20 percent of the time this is grunge yeah real yeah. grunge but it's like industrial level grunge it's yeah. like a, a like a bunch of people in like a, a big warehouse it seems like I don't know how you could do that for more than a night. Yeah. yeah. 
even that's questionable. A guy named Chase Ortega met Peep, and like everyone else, he sensed that he would be huge. And Chase became his manager. Gus was his only priority. He wasn't interested in anybody else in the goth boy clique. A little bit after that, in summer of 2016, a woman named Sarah Stennett of First Access Entertainment said she saw a picture of Peep, and it was love at first sight. What? Yeah. She's a kooky lady. She became obsessed with him and asked him, how big do you want to be? And then Peep replied, I want to play stadiums. She's like, I can make that happen. That's a big uh, thing to say. Yeah. That you have to follow up on. I know. That's how much they all believed in him. Yeah. Finally, Peep signed an agreement per his new manager, Chase Ortega's advice, and he got a $35,000 advance and 300000 for recording, touring, brand development, and marketing. Damn! Plus a $6,000 monthly stipend. So he didn't have to live in that, that hellhole the squalor. anymore. squalor? Yeah. <laughs> and signing also meant that Peep would no longer be a part of the Gothboy clique. Oof. Ooh, that's Collective. Tough. Yeah. After that, Peep left Skid Row for an apartment in Echo Park. Nice. But a lot of the hangers-on followed him, not surprisingly. And that new place became a refugee camp of sorts. I imagine being the neighbor. Oh, God. With a bunch of struggling SoundCloud artists. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sounds awful. It must have been up until, like, you know, five in the morning just going insane every night. I yeah. don't care how good the music is. Yeah. You gotta sleep. <laughs> yeah. Beamer Boy's not gonna cheer you up at 4 a.m. No. <laughs> he hated the idea that if he rose up, that others would not rise with him, that they wouldn't be his equals. Mm. Peep hated saying no to people, and he'd hang out even if he was too tired. He would give his money away, pay people's rent, and he had dreams of taking capitalism out of the music industry. Yeah, good luck. Really wrestled with this idea of materialism. Mm. He also had guilt of having more of everything, more charisma, more skill. So that would trigger his depressive tendencies as well, now that success is coming. Yeah, he wanted this all the time, but now that he actually has it, it like sucks because he doesn't really want it. <laughs> yeah, he has to deal with the reality that he's the star yeah. and those other guys aren't. Those other collective dudes are just, you know, they don't have what he has. No. And he had to live up to this kind of like thing that he created. Yeah. And people started offering him drugs all day and all night. When you're singing about switchblades and cocaine, that tends to happen. People assume that you're down for some crazy shit all the time. And he would, like I said before, hated to say no. So he would hit the drugs hard. In interviews, he started embracing his new public persona. So I have a clip, Lil Peep, April 2017. I'm out here making music, you know, and the shit I talk about is real, so I don't... You know, not much to lose right now, but I'm here. I'm doing my thing, so fuck it. He's barely oh, yeah. awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, what do you I'm think after You know, I don't know. You could you could just wake up again. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not like, I know there's something because you can't kill energy. You know what I mean? Energy doesn't die. It's literally like a fucking weird thing that like leaves your brain when you die, like a... You could see it on on uh, some cameras or some. His shit. Harvard educated parents probably taught like him weird, that. Like, 
I don't even know what the fuck to call it, but it leaves your brain and like just like floats out into like you know the atmosphere and whatever the fuck. God. What do you think? Uh, he seemed medicated <laughs> and hungover. Yeah, you can't see it on the video here, but he's uh, actually laying in a coffin as he's uh, as he's saying that. <laughs> They're zipping up the body bag yeah. as he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was his persona. Wow! And as we've seen countless times before, when you have that persona. It doesn't end well a lot of times. You got to keep it going. Somehow, Artie Lang is still alive. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, Chris Farley, that was his persona, like being huge and full of energy Mm -hmm. and like literally, you know, plump. So he's eating, he's, he's, you know, doing the coke and stuff. And And could handle everything. Yeah. All the drugs, all the drinking, all the partying. Uh, It it started showing later, more and more later. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people are concealing it before, you know, before his passing. Yeah. So he's really rising now. And Sarah Stennett from First Access Entertainment, the one who's obsessed with him. Says he's going to do stadiums. Yeah, said uh, <laughs> Peep needed to get out of L.A. I think that's a big thing that like like once an artist gets a certain level, mm-hmm. they you know, if they're that personality, they have to get the fuck out of L.A. Yeah. Like I think I've heard to bring up mm-hmm. Post Malone again. That's the reason why he moved to Utah. Because oh, he shit. was like, there's too many parties around here, and uh, I can't <laughs> deal with this anymore. And I can't he, say no. Can't say no, and he left. It's true. Look it, at Mac Miller. Mac Miller was a, was a big rapper, like uh, not too far from where we are here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he just was fucked up uh, um, on drugs and stuff. And uh, look, you know, he died too. Because if you have that kind of fan base, they'll get you whatever you want. Everybody will get you whatever you want. Yeah. They just want to be a part of your world. Yeah, you get introduced to these people, and they're like, you know, through record companies or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they're like drug people or you name it. And wait till you hear what First Access Entertainment did for Lil Pete. Oh, okay. I guess I'm on to something. Sarah's daily routine was asking, where is he? What is he doing? Yeah. Where can I get a hold of him in this crazy world he's created? Naturally, he was not easy to get in contact with sometimes. And that's why in spring of 2017, he embarked on his first solo tour. He's ended up selling out crowds in Russia and all over Western Europe. That's crazy. Wow. In Ukraine, too? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that he played in Russia, I'm like, do we get into that at all? Yeah. yeah. Nah. He wrote, he wrote a uh, Twitter DM to Ukraine saying, we're about to blow you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh, working for the Russian Federation at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he was uh, X'd out early, way before the war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe he was the first casualty of this uh, conflict. Lil Putin. Lil Putin. <laughs> so he's headlining in <laughs> Europe, and he sold out a 3,000-seat theater in Russia with no radio play wow. and no record. So they do get the internet there. So they must have just just got it all online, all his music and stuff. And like in the United States, the kids knew every word. A Beamer Boy. (laughs) And other songs. (laughs) And he would get greeted by hundreds of fans who were waiting for him. Wow. And fans would just go up to him and unload their traumas onto him. That must have been fun. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure (laughs) on him, too. Yeah. I have a clip of I I imagine Robert Smith from The Cure, that happens to a lot, too. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, enough already. I don't want to hear about this new move. 
<laughs> and I have a clip of uh, <laughs> Lil Peep's European fans from this tour. Uh, we love you very much, you guys. Uh, this music in the, my friend's site, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It's really interesting, and um, I don't know. Uh, when I listen to this music, I really enjoy it. I, like to, I want to paint, I want to do something, and uh, it's really cool. His music is really cool. She's wearing a pink babushka. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was one of the hats from the Hillary Clinton, for the, the Women's March. Oh, the pussy hats. <laughs> yeah. You got That's groupies. Crazy. That is. And he eventually circled back to the United States. And on May 10th, 2017, he played the last date of that tour back in L.A. But he almost didn't perform because he had taken too many drugs. Oh, man. And management was very worried about him. He was on stage and a fog machine was going. He just zonked out, just standing there, not saying anything, barely conscious looking. And then all of a sudden, he snapped out of it. And then killed it the rest of the show. But this wow. went on for a couple minutes. Maybe where they his thought, Adderall kicked in or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they thought that they were going to have to cancel. Oh, shit. I mean, what do you do? He was just standing on stage frozen? Yeah, oh, not singing. God. Wow. And when he was, it was mumbly <laughs> and incoherent. Mumble but, rap. Yeah, then, yeah, right. He <laughs> gave birth to mumble rap. <laughs> I hate mumble rap. Yeah, it sucks. Rubber baby bumpers. After that, Peep moved to London. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> Remember how I told you he had Oi, little Peep. He had double nationality because of his Swedish father that yeah. ducked out on him. Well, he used that and got a place in London. The management company set him up there and at a place called East Coast Studios, he recorded his first studio album. Wow. Called Come Over When You're Sober, part one. The galls of him to ask someone to be sober when they yeah. come over. Yeah, where do you where do you get off? That would be released shortly after in August of twenty seventeen and it peaked at number thirty eight. Really? The peak of peep. Yeah. So <laughs> peak he peep peaked. <laughs> so he never officially released his like SoundCloud like hits nope. uh, like on an album or anything. What's the point? He well, already garnered millions of fans. I get. Yeah, I guess so. It could be an easy cash grab, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like know. like a re-release or something. Like that. Taylor Swift does that all the time. Yeah. Well, he did release mixtapes. Okay. I don't know the protocol with mixtapes. I thought right. people sell mixtapes out of the trunk of their car. Well, <laughs> when you're a little peep, that's a lot of trunks. I guess so. Notable about this album is that it's a more pop punk and rap style. Let's listen to a little bit of Awful Things from Come Over When You're Sober. Tell me awful You get the point. That's pretty good. Much more mainstream than Beamer Boy. I yep. A lot, lot less uh, cocaine and razor blades. <laughs> Peep also started getting heavy into the fashion world that summer. By this point, he had become something of an emo, mall goth sex symbol. Beyond the tattoos and colorful hairstyles, though, he would wear graffiti jackets and pink fur. Stuff like that. Oh, geez. He was developing a clothing line called No Smoking with the eye being stylized as an exclamation point. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Nice. Okay. So Gus now is full on little peep. 
Mm-hmm. He's this larger-than-life character. Goose has left the building. Yeah. <laughs> and Gus has also left the building. <laughs> yeah. Goose and Gus. When he went to London, the goth boy Click started talking shit about him. Ooh. And they threatened, we're going to tour without you. Yeah, big fucking deal. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, what kind of threat is that? Hmm. Us nobodies will tour without you. By fall of 2017, Peep had a top 40 album. He had walked the runway at Fashion Week in Paris. He had 2 million followers on Instagram and briefly dated actress Bella Thorne. His brother Oscar worried about Peep's drug-fueled social media-saturated lifestyle. (laughs) And wondered, were his problems merely a persona? Yeah. Fall 2017. It's time for the Come Over When You're Sober tour. Ooh. The second tour that year. Wow. This is the same year he did Russia. That's so crazy. And when he zonked out on stage in LA. (laughs) Then records the album in Europe, comes back and does another fall tour in North America. Wow. He wanted to bring his old buddies on tour with him as a way to say goodbye to the goth boy Click and by giving them some kind of send-off. This tour was scheduled for 33 dates, and it would become somewhat of a nightmare. Well, clearly, when you know what happens at the end. Yeah. Other reasons, too. Chase Ortega, the manager that sort of discovered him. Yeah. They had a falling out by this point. So now he's pretty much out of the picture. And a woman named Daisy Quinn worked as a liaison between Peep and First Access Entertainment on this tour. Peep also started having second thoughts about signing with them. So now he's getting a bit restless. He's getting that urge to go with his goth boy click buddies. Because he feels bad still. Yeah, and just mainstream success. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know if I even want this. It was less stress to be like, you know, hanging out with these maniacs and like doing Mm -hmm. stuff with them because the the stakes were so much lower and Mm -hmm. and he had like a crew around. It's like having an improv group with you (laughs) compared to doing like stand up on your own and getting huge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there was a movie about that. With Mike Birbiglia, right? Yeah, Birbiglia. Yeah. And it was about g- moving on up outside of your improv group Just and people getting on people SNL behind. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah. It does happen a lot. Sad reality. Some people are more okay than little peep with just cutting loose. The oh, <laughs> yeah. See you later, <laughs> yeah. losers. Yeah. During his death investigation, authorities actually uncovered a text message from around this time where peep wrote, I'm under a lot of pressure from a lot of people, and I'm on a lot of drugs with no sleep. A guy named Steve Paul, who managed the European leg of the tour, would come on board for this tour as well. But he was joined by a woman named Belinda Mercer, who was hired to help manage the North American dates. Mm -hmm. On this tour, instead of a bunch of vans, they replaced it with a big bus that had 12 bunks. It was crowded and grimy. And the traveling crew consisted of a merch guy, lighting director, videographer, opening act named Bexy, who he had connected with years earlier online, and a rotating cast of goth boy clique members. Yawns was the resident DJ. And Peep began dating this influencer named Arzalia Rodriguez, who met Peep during the L.A. stop and joined the tour until she had to leave for work one night before he died. Wow. 
Peep would stay on the bus most of the time between the gigs. He wasn't doing any sightseeing. Very heavily medicated. Oh, okay. And Belinda Mercer, the tour manager, was also a drug user. And oh, well, that's good. She, she would give him ketamine multiple times. Oh, boy. That's a cat tranquilizer? Horse. Horse tranquilizer. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> Strong stuff. On October 22nd, Peep sent Mercer a text, Ket. She responded, don't have any left. It's coming in the morning. Another later text from Peep, Perk, please. Um, so he's on Percocet. Percocet. He's on everything. Yeah. Texts also surfaced that seemed to show that Sarah Stennett from First Access Entertainment, the woman who's obsessed with him, <laughs> supplied him with Xanax, too. Jeez. But she denies this. Of course. On October 25th, the tour bus was stopped at the Peace Bridge border crossing between Buffalo and Fort Erie, Ontario. A dog jumped up on Peep and sniffed him, but Peep was clean pocketed and he was let go. You could smell the drugs inside him. Yeah. <laughs> so the Border Patrol let everyone go to Toronto, but Belinda Mercer. They found illegal substance substances on her and on the bus. She later paid a fine and then crossed into Canada by herself, rejoining the tour that night. So this is the tour manager. Wow. Just a hot That's mess. when you know the, the tour the tour is doomed when the tour manager is oh. getting busted for drugs and shit. Yeah. Usually it's like Snoop Dogg or, you know, someone with a bunch of weed on them. Exactly. <laughs> but this is the this is the business people behind the scenes are getting caught with shit. Peep turned 21 on what date? November 1st. Yep, 2017. All Saints Day. And when the bus rolled into Miami, his friend Fat Nick allegedly gave Peep a birthday gift of Xanax and opiates. Wow. Here's a clip from when Peep was interviewed on November 4th. My name is Lil Peep. I'm 21. I'm from Long Island, New York. I'm a goth boy and a lady boy. What? He's a goth boy and a lady boy. Did you know this goth boy could start to pop up? Um, I know this goth boy quick started to pop up when I had to start walking around with my shades on. You feel me? With his shades on. What's it feel like to see kids lie down the block to see you? He is so it feels intoxicated. Like I gotta keep my shades on. The feeling I get from seeing kids lying down the block for my show is that. I gotta keep my shades on. The journalist like must be like, oh, back. fuck. Yeah. When kids sing my lyrics back at me, it reminds me that I need to keep my shades on at all times. So he keeps saying every answer is he's gotta keep his shades How is this on. So I've been great. My shades have been on the whole time. Yikes. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and that's 11 days before he passes away. Yep. I'm surprised he lasted that long. He was so messed up in that video. Makes the Whitney Houston, Diane Sawyer interview look pretty coherent yeah, at this point. Absolutely. Daisy Quinn, who was the liaison um, from First Access Entertainment, joined the tour in New Orleans and had preliminary talks about Peep's 2018 plans, including an Australian tour, which never surfaced. Mm-hmm. On November 14th, 2017, Peep posted this on Instagram. I just want to be everybody's everything. I want too much from people, but then I don't want anything. You feel me? I don't let people help me, but I need help. But not when I have my pills. But that's temporary. 
one day maybe I won't die young and I'll be happy. What is happy? I always have happiness for like 10 seconds and then it's gone. I'm getting so tired of this. And remember his brother Oscar would wonder, now is that part of the act or is he really reaching out? Is that really a cry for help or not? Right. Yeah. Because it fits in with his persona. Yeah. The tour stopped in El Paso later that day. November 14th, 2017. And Peep was pissed about the venue. It was too small in his eyes. Because remember, he wanted stadiums. I think he also was under the weather, but he seemed to be always under the weather at this time. <laughs> well, it seems like a roller coaster ride, uh, depending on, you don't, you don't know where you're going to get little Peep during the day, depending on what medications he's done at what time. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody told him he should say Xanax got him sick. So that they could cancel the show and then have the insurance pay it out. So he posted on Instagram a post where he's dropping Xanax into his mouth. And then he says he took six pills. And we actually have the clip of him saying this. Oh, my God. El Paso, I took six Xanax and I was lit. I'm good. I'm not sick. I'm going to see y'all tonight. Then he winks. So he, him saying he's not sick made it so that insurance isn't going to pay him out. Wait, wait a second. So yeah, he, he has to perform now. Fudge that plan. Yeah. So the show went on. You know how we always say the show the must show go must on? Go. That's showbiz, baby. Horsehead. Nice. Another of, <laughs> <laughs> another of his darling friends yeah. said the drugs became normalized by this point. Obviously. Yeah. And the show ended up going really well. Show did go on. One final show. He must have got whatever whatever helped him with that last show, you know, mm. get into gear. I'm sure he did it again for this show. <laughs> right. Now we get to November 15th, 2017. His last day. Oh, my God. At noon, the bus pulled up to The Rock, a 600-capacity nightclub in downtown Tucson, Arizona. Tucson is also where he first performed with the Schema Posse Collective, where they knew the lyrics to Beamer Boy. All right. Ironic. You know what I mean? Full circle. Yeah. Tonight was going to be the second last show of the tour. Peep was sound asleep. He woke up around 3.30 p.m., groggy and hungover. He was going to join Bexy, the opening act, on a trip to the mall, but then he encountered fans when he got off the bus. And he started taking photos with them. MacNed, another crony. <laughs> In the where rogues did, gallery. Where do they come up with these names? <laughs> MacNed. The kill station makes sense, but MacNed? Yeah. And then Horsehead. <laughs> well, that even makes sense. <laughs> and I DJ can't... Yawns. We're going to put you to sleep. Give it up for DJ Yawns. <laughs> and Horsehead. <laughs> Horsehead is you, you ran out of ideas. Yeah. Well, you, you had to think of your name on the spot. Like, oh, I'm, I'm like Mrs. Doubtfire. He, <laughs> yeah. he sees a horse in the corner. Oh, is that what he does? Oh, a horse. And then he sees someone's head. A head. <laughs> Or maybe he's a big um, Godfather fan. Mm, yeah. True. Yeah, That's very astute. Spoiler you and Kyle. alert. Yeah. Astute, yeah. We're very astute today. Mac- we took our astute pills. <laughs> yeah. Sure did. Just don't OD on them. <laughs> MacNed put out a message on Twitter asking for drugs. That's smart. 
And fans Nick Dowd and Maria Bonds responded saying that they could not get opiates, but they had THC wax and weed. These were the fans that were meeting with Peep outside the bus after he woke up. Mm -hmm. And Maria told him about her brother being the biggest Peep fan and that he was currently in jail on an aggravated assault charge. (laughs) Peep then tweeted, free my biggest fan, Nick Bonds. I love you. Peep then offered to play them new music that he had recently recorded with his new friend and collaborator. I love McConan is his name. What? I love McConan. One word. <laughs> is that is that like a sequel to I Heart Huckabee? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Let's just stop trying to make sense of his buddy's names. Yeah, they're getting crazier and crazier. Maybe as the drugs get, you know, more in the system, the, yeah. the names get wild. Peep is starting to sound pretty vanilla at this point, the name. <laughs> Peep even talked about possibly hiring Mariah as an assistant. Mariah Carey? Mariah Bonds, one of the fans uh, that he's meeting with. It's Mariah Bonds and Nick Dowd. Gotcha. Dowd says that uh, Bonds handed a bag of Xanax to MacNed, though MacNed denies this, claiming that Peep already had Xanax in his possession. It's unclear what was done with that bag of Xanax. But MacNet apparently took it from Maria. This or tour Mariah. bus must have looked wild. All these fucking bags of drugs everywhere. Yeah. Fishnark. Okay. All right. Off, let's. <laughs> walked off the bus as Peep walked back on with the two fans. Nark later blacked out at a restaurant and was led to his bunk on the bus by other people. Oh, God. Now we're on the bus with Peep. Dowd and Bonds, the two fans, and they started smoking dabs, which are high potency doses of concentrated weed, which are then vaporized and inhaled. Yikes. So it messes you up a little bit. I heard it's like taking like 23 hits. Oh, it's uh, unreal. So this is the state Peep is in. (laughs) Yeah. And they were seated by a plastic table that was scattered with pens and lighters and rolling papers and a sticker that read, Alive and Well. The irony in this episode is just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over the place. Peep looked out the window and said, today is a good day. Not every day is a good day, but today is. I feel good. (laughs) He, I would hope so with all the things he took. Swallowed 30 pills and <laughs> chased it with vodka. Today's yeah. great. But he can't feel his feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to Dowd, Peep's eyes would shut and his head would fall forward as they were talking. But then Mariah would say, Gus, and he'd snap out of it. Peep told them he'd taken Roxy's just before this, which is Roxycodone, a brand name of Oxycodone. Yeah. Peep then moved to a longer couch and fell asleep again. Dowd and Bonds woke him up asking to hear his new music that he promised to play for them. Dowd then lit a joint and passed it to Peep. After a hit, he fell asleep again, this time harder. Bonds' brother called, the one that was in jail, wanting to talk to Peep, but Peep couldn't be woken up this time. Uh I don't know how the... Guy was making a jail phone call. Yeah. <laughs> it was important to him. He's like, this dude's about to die. I got to get this call in. Oh, my God. Dowd claims that he and Bonds were with Pete for about 45 minutes until he nodded off and that they never saw him pop any pills. After this, Dowd and Bonds moved to the front of the bus where they took photos with MacNed, 
who had originally reached out to them on Twitter for drugs. <laughs> Bonds claimed that she told everyone on the bus that they should check on Peep and make sure that he was okay, but that nobody seemed too worried about it. MacNed reportedly said, that's whack, and then told the fans to leave. Well, you know, they're all kids still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they figured they're, they're you know, they're never going to die. You know, they're not doing like hard smack. So no one, the, the, the risk isn't there, but they don't realize that, you know, if you do keep doing a lot of this shit, it catches up with you. You're mortal. Yeah. Yeah. Belinda Mercer, that tour manager, came on the bus at about 5 p.m. She told police she saw Peep sitting upright snoring. Then around 5.30 p.m., Mercer saw the same sight. Then Bexy came back from the shopping trip that Peep was supposed to join him on and witnessed Peep snoring too. He then recorded a video intended to be a joke and posted it. Apparently Peep's at the back of the bus doing press-ups, sit-ups, working on his six-pack, his muscles. I'm going to see for myself. Hilarious. Oh. Whoa. So if you couldn't understand, he says, apparently peeps at the back of the bus doing press-ups, sit-ups, working on his six-pack, his muscles. I'm going to see for myself. He pans over to Peep, who's unconscious, mouth open, head back, and then Bexy goes, oh. He might be dead at that point. Absolutely. That's so creepy. Well, what did the coroner say? He looks dead. Yeah. The other tour manager, Steve Paul, says he checked on Peep around 6.40 p.m. and it looked like he was sleeping. The most unsettling. Death will do that to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It does look like sleep, doesn't it? It's tiring, ain't it a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) But the the most unsettling aspect of this is that the snoring they were hearing was actually the sound of him dying. The death rattle. Because the opiates were causing the respiratory function to fail. And his airway was less protected. So he may, he's, maybe he wasn't a big snorer, and they just didn't realize that, and they just figured, oh, he just starts snoring now. Yeah, yeah. he's snoring like a grizzly bear. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Let's Jesus. take a selfie with him instead of, oh, my God, we got to wake this guy up and save him. Yeah. Wow. Steve Paul told police he went to wake Peep up at about 8.45 p.m. to get him ready for the night's show, but that Peep was in the same position from hours earlier. Paul then went and found Horsehead and Mercer, who came onto the bus with him to check out the situation. Peep was pale with blue lips. Horsehead panicked. Paul then called 911 at 8.53 p.m. And we have the call here. 911, what is the emergency? I, I need an ambulance. Okay, what's the address? I'm at The Rock. I'm at a venue called The Rock. All right, tell me what's going on there. Um, I've got, um, I work with an artist and he's just completely out of it. He's cold. He's just knocked out. I don't know what he's facing, okay. but he's completely he's out. Awake? He's not awake. We're trying to wake him up and he's all not right. awake at he's all. breathing normally? Um, not really, no. All right. Not really. Or okay, not at all. Now, I want you to get him flat on his back on the floor. With trying to wake him up. After I'm four on the phone hours. to the ambulance now. I'm on the phone to the ambulance now, bro. Okay, are you next to him now? We're in the bus. Okay, can you get him just flat on the ground? We need to get him flat on the ground. If he is not breathing normally, we need to start CPR to keep the oxygen pumping through his blood. We need to get him flat on his back. 
Your assistant is horse head at this point. On the floor. That's who that is? Yeah. On no, the floor, this is yeah. the manager. Yeah, that's horse head? Steve Paul. Oh, okay. On the phone, but horse head is the other guy. Oh, man. You can't depend on horse head to revive you. Is somebody on their way? They're already on their way. Lights and sirens. They're on their way. Right there. They're not very far away. Belinda Mercer, the other tour manager, began CPR per the operator's instructions. And three minutes later, the paramedics arrived. But he had no pulse, no breathing. Mm. They gave him Narcan, which is the medication, you know, that's like the opioid antagonist that's used to counter the effects. Yeah, it reverses like a heroin overdose. Yeah. And they gave him dextrose to increase his blood sugar Mm. and epinephrine, the injection that's usually for allergic reactions. Yeah. But nothing worked. After no results, they stopped resuscitation efforts, and he was dead. They called it? Less than three weeks after turning 21. Jesus. And only a year after he really blew up. It Mm -hmm. was one year of his life. Very fast. That's so crazy. And 2015 was when he was blowing up on SoundCloud. Yeah. This is a very fast rise. Really young, too. Very young. Yeah, just turned 21. Jeez. The news spread slowly. Horsehead performed a couple of songs to keep the audience calm. But once fans got word, chaos was unleashed. People were crying, and there were photos taken of Peep being rolled out of the bus. Oh, God. His best friend Lil Tracy had actually left the tour to go to Philly because he had gotten sick of the whole scene. Mm. I can imagine. He told Pitchfork in 2018, something was telling me to distance myself from everybody. And then that's when I found out Peep had died. Lil Tracy himself had a drug-induced heart attack in 2018 but survived. Well, he didn't necessarily clean up his act. He just didn't want to be a part of that tour anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The autopsy stated it was an accident caused by a combo of fentanyl and Xanax. Jesus. Also in his system, coke, weed, and other opiates. Peep didn't realize he was taking fentanyl, which is deadly in small amounts, but he had two times the lethal dose. Hmm. It could have been in the pills. They could have been fake Xanax. Could have been in the Xanax or the Roxy's. Right. Jeez. After that, there was an online witch hunt that falsely pointed to that, remember that fan, Mariah Bonds? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they accused her of giving Peep the laced Xanax. Mm. But she had actually given that to MacNed. Peep was taking his own supply of Xanax. It wasn't hers. They went after her hard. And Mariah later died of a drug overdose herself. What? In 2019. Oh my God. Lil Peep's grandma spoke out and said that Mariah was a patsy and didn't deserve the online hate. She says that Gus never saw the Xanax that MacNed had ordered from her and that MacNed himself is the one who gave Gus the tainted Roxy's. The grandma accuses MacNed and others of leaving Gus alone on the bus to die for four hours. Mm. And fans shared her sentiment. On Reddit, someone named the 420 Conspiracy <laughs> wrote about Reputable Magnet. source? Yeah. <laughs> wrote about MacNed, quote, Again, I know Peep took those drugs himself, but he got them from MacNed. Who the fuck lets their boy pop six Zans laced with Fent? Then goes on to say on video that the pills are sketch and wouldn't take them themselves, end quote. 
Even former collaborators like Jay Green from the Schema Posse Collective said something isn't right. And in the documentary that was released on Lil Peep, MacNet spoke out about this. And I have a clip. How the fuck is there any type of motive or any reasoning behind some type of conspiracy? I can't even go online, my nigga. It's the most embarrassing thing, my nigga. Okay, Mac. And especially when I know the fucking truth. Clearly. You know, that this shit is just so wrong, my nigga. It's just all lies. I'm just so paranoid. Like, may not even be y'all doing. I don't know how this may be flipped. You know? What specific parts of this documentary are going to be pointed against me and my family? You know what I mean? Yeah. It will have nothing to do with you guys. It will be completely out of here, bro. You feel me? Well, you killed Lil Peep. People want to hear from. No, that. I mean, I mean, like after this comes out, you feel me? Per- certain parts that get picked up, you know what I mean, and edited by the. Conspiracy. We don't know what you mean, Mac. No, this is why this happened, and this is why the suck my dick, bitch. Now we still even suck his dick. You feel Let's me? Fuck you, bitch, nigga. You got me fucked up, nigga. That's why this happened. What? <laughs> That didn't clarify anything for me. No, no. it didn't. If anything, it, uh, <laughs> it it muddied the waters a little bit more for me. Um, in the aftermath, uh, there's a federal law that says distributing fentanyl that causes death carries a 20-year mandatory minimum sentence. Wow. Nobody has been charged, though. The Tucson PD closed the investigation without a conclusion of where the fentanyl came from. And the DEA wouldn't confirm if their investigation was ongoing or not. His mom, Liza Womack, currently controls the estate and oversaw the release of Come Over When You're Sober Part 2, which hit number four on the Billboard 200 in 2018. Whoa. Womack also oversaw the 2019 doc called Everybody's Everything, which is the one I watched on the airplane. Mm. I love how that's on an airplane. Like kids could watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Produced by <laughs> watching fam- that guy talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it was produced by family friend Terrence Malick. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. This- <laughs> what? <laughs> of uh, you know the Thin Red Line. Yeah. Fame. Uh, and um, what was the the, the Martin Sheen one? Um, oh, um, Badlands. Badlands, mm-hmm. yeah. Again, fascinating that Peep came from this fascinating household well, of he's, intellectuals. He, he's and, a Harvard guy, uh, yeah. Terrence Malick, so yeah. I think that's a connection there. He came from this Harvard world. Maybe, well, that's my theory, though. I, I feel like he ha- he felt like he had to pay his dues before he could be considered a legitimate artist that he was mm. trying to portray that he wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you can come from like that upper crust world where you're like Kid Rock and he like mm-hmm. came from like millions and stuff, but he like lived on the street in New York for like two weeks and then yeah. he, <laughs> he thought he paid his dues or something. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. There's a lawsuit. This is new news mm. just in the last month. A 372-page compendium of evidence was filed on January 28, 2022, by lawyers for Peep's mom, Liza Womack, including deposition transcripts and text messages. Then on February 10, 2022, a federal judge upheld the lawsuit after First Access Entertainment and the tour managers wanted it dismissed. So this is going to go to trial in March 2023. So his mom is going after the management team. Yeah. yeah. And the judge said there's no question that there's a triable issue as to whether Belinda Mercer provided the drugs or not. 
and the judge reportedly said at the hearing, if you're going to create an environment like that where drugs are flowing and you're providing it, and hey, you actually don't have any life-saving device or any Narcan to help people who are going to have a problem with these drugs, it seems to me you are creating a very dangerous situation there. Yeah. Fair. Agreed. Like, why would they not, if they're messing around with anything, why would they not have Narcan on board? Yeah. so stupid. And you think the tour management should be held liable? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, probably. I think there's a case there. And I think, you know, they're they're not really going after the, the production company. They're going after the insurance. True, yeah. And it also, I mean, she should be sued for not getting them into a stadium. Yeah. That was her I, whole selling false point. False advertising, yeah. yeah. Well, we never got to see 2018. True. Well, we could do a hologram tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick Dowd, the fan who spent the last moments <laughs> Try to peep. Give, give him drugs and stuff? Yeah. Well, no. Just the fan that was smoking dabs with him. Okay. Yeah, said of Peep, quote, he was the guy who spoke for me. Things I could never put into words, and I felt like he understood me, end quote. And clearly millions of other fans still feel the same way. Yeah. The dark side of his influence, obviously, is the drug culture. Yeah. You got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. And I think his death was a wake-up call. So that's the ultimate lesson, you know. Peep was human after all. Yeah. This is like so annoying because with all the fentanyl and stuff it's like dude why aren't drugs just legalized Mm -hmm. like everybody wants them people are getting them every day Mm -hmm. uh people wouldn't die if it was legal as much yeah or decriminalize maybe that's a better route just to uh yeah and just make it more like more easier for people that are addicted to drugs to like you know you don't want to just give them access to free drugs or anything like that no. but you, but you want to make sure you're you're out there uh ensuring that you know fentanyl is not just being injected into every single drug everyone's doing yeah let Bad. the fucking scientists of the world give pure drugs to everybody Okay, well, <laughs> you have a, a whole different point of view than I do. That's, that's, that's like the Amsterdam kind first of, sale. Yeah. First sale, don't give it to them. But yeah, if you can yeah. afford uh, good, clean, I drugs. want the U.S. government to be a drug dealer. Yes, yeah, drugs for thought. Drugs for thought. Yes, yeah. The Kyle Blue story. Drugs uh, for me. <laughs> any uh, final thoughts? If I was part of the click, the goth boy, goth click? boy click, uh, my name would be Zamboni sixty nine. Nice. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Kyle? <laughs> Mine would be mushroom dick. Yeah, that's not bad. You gotta say it like, um, like John Travolta from Mr. Cotter. <laughs> I would be stretch mark. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that sounds like it should be mine too. <laughs> I would be needs to lose ten pounds. <laughs> All one word. <laughs> yeah, with a Z in place of the S's. Yeah, P- <laughs> pounds is P-X-X-X-X-S. L-B-S-X-X-X. Uh, yeah, then we should start our own click. Yeah. Zamboni69. The die click. The die click. There we go. Collective. The die click collective. Eternal. We'll get a big place in Skid Row down there and just kind of hang out. Perfect. And to go out on, let's remember what Kurt Cobain, whom Peep idolized, wrote in his suicide note. What's up? He quoted Neil Young saying, it's better to burn out than to fade away. 
Yeah. Like it or not, Peep didn't fade away. Nope. And he's still on Spotify. Yes, yes, yes. Allegedly is not. Peep's ghost doesn't give a fuck yeah. about the misinformation <laughs> of <Joe> vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can say R.I. Peep. Oh, yeah. he, he was cooking that one up at longer than I was doing Zamboni 69, I think. <laughs> he took a week off just to think of that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he went out to the desert and did some peyote and figured out that one. In Xanax. In Xanax, yeah. In commemoration of, uh, in tribute yeah. to Little Peep. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, follow us on Instagram at Death and Entertainment. And YouTube also at Death and Entertainment. And Twitter at Dipod2021. We're going to work on that name at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. R.I.P. Peep. R.I.P. Peep. R.I.P. Peep. 2022, baby. 1049. You have just heard. A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.